many years ago, Satan was having a yard sale. He had many tables set up. He had all kinds of tools laid out on these tables. Gentleman walks by and sees all the tables and all the tools, so he draws his curiosity and he walks over there and he looks at all the tables and seeing all the different tools that were laid out in different ways. And while he was walking, he sees this one tool that is worn down, wore out more than any of the other ones. As he, the man, as he started looking around at the price tags, he began to notice that the price tag on this one tool that was worn down that seemed like it really couldn't be used anymore that he thought that it was kind of overpriced. He was wondering why. So he looks at Satan and he says, hey, he said, uh, I see this one tool sitting here by itself. And he said, it's all worn down. He says, you have a price tag on there that's more than anything else that you have here on the tables. And Satan goes, sure. He goes, that's my favorite tool. Well, the guy begins to ask me, so what's so special about it that you have such a hefty price tag on it? He said, well, he says it's a tool that I use all the time. And he said it's something that when I use it, he said most people just don't know how to defend against it. So he says that's why it's wore down the way it is. And that's why it's as valuable to me as it is. So the guy asked Satan, he says, well, what's the tool called? He said, that tool, which is my favorite one, is called discouragement. Amen. Isn't it amazing how Satan can put something as simple as discouragement in our hearts as Christians, and we will feed on that greater than any disease that the world has to offer. One little sliver, one little suggestion, one moment where he will look at us and plant a seed of discouragement and we will germinate that thing. We will give it all the water and the nutrients that it needs to continue to grow in our life. Do you know today that every time that Satan discourages a believer in Jesus Christ, it's to break them down, wear them out and cause them to not be used in the way that Jesus has called them. Yeah. Now let me say this very quickly. I don't mean that just in Christian service in the church house. What about your home? How many times has Satan gotten to all of us with discouragement? Amen. When it comes down to our families. How many times have we been discouraged because maybe husbands and wives are not getting along or maybe children are causing more trouble than they need to and we get so discouraged and we just simply, as Satan said in the story, we don't know how to combat that. We just don't worry about it enough to fight against it. We kind of feed into it. So how do Christians, how do we do that? We stay strong. We stay steady. We believe in Jesus Christ and we trust in Him as Lord and Savior of our life and we and trust in Him to get us to heaven when our time on earth is done. But yet, it seems like each of us have our own battles on our own given days to where defeat and discouragement replaces grace. Yeah. Yeah. We need to hold on to grace because grace is what's going to get you home. 
And let me encourage you this morning that grace is not just about you having grace to get you home. About you and for you is to encourage you to be a blessing to others. Yes. Every person has an investment into another person's life. I've been thinking about this last week of all the pastors that have been here before me and thinking about where the church was when I came and about how God used those pastors to get to work up to a particular point. Then I came. I think about the work that I do and have done. That if the Lord would call me home or call me away, have I fulfilled his desires and his duties? Those are things that don't trouble me, but they are things that I worry about because I think about those that we all have the opportunity to be able to encourage and to bless. Before I get into the text this morning, I just uh, the Lord laid it on my heart this morning, early this morning when I got up, and I started thinking about when I was a kid growing up in my home church. And I remember my teachers, I can still see their faces. Believe it or not, I can. And I remember that as a young child, being in the younger Sunday school classes and training union, they called it at that time. And I remember growing up and going into the youth group, but I always remembered going back to those younger classes and those teachers and always wanting to talk to them and spend time with them. Because I knew that they had invested into me the knowledge and the abilities that I was able to use as a younger adult. That's what we as Christians should want to be. That's what Christian service is. Christian service is about expressing, explaining, and giving of what God has given to us as individuals. This church is almost full this morning, and I praise God for that. Of all the attendees and all the talents that are represented here by each of us, Not one is greater than the other one. The Apostle Paul is going to teach us that in the scriptural text here this morning. The pulpit is no more important than the pews or the chairs. The person that paints the walls or cleans the bathroom is no less important as somebody else that teaches a classroom. We all have different talents. We all have different desires. We all have different ways of expressing that love that Jesus has given to us. God has blessed us with people that can play musical instruments. So blessed, Sister Jill, to have you with us. Sister Tammy, to take this choir and to work with them. Our deacons, our trustees, our Sunday school teachers. Our amazing Sunday school director that we have. And all these people are important to Christ, but they should be important to us. And why are they important? Not simply because they are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, but because they have a heart to serve Jesus. And by serving Jesus, they serve others. And that is simply what the message is about today. If you will, take your copy of God's Word and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 12. 
While you're turning there, I want to ask you one simple question. Are you listening to me, Christians? How indebted are you to Jesus for saving you? How indebted to you in your own heart to Him are you for saving you? It's a free gift. That's not what I'm talking about. How indebted are you? How gracious, how grateful are you to Jesus for saving you? How real is your salvation? Are you grateful just that you know that you're going to go see Him on that end day when this life ends and that life begins? Or are you indebted to Him? I know many of us in this room because I've heard the testimonies throughout the last many years of how you're indebted to your parents that have gone on to be with the Lord and yet you're still trying to be a representative of them in your life today. How indebted to the Lord are you? That should be a very clear representation of exactly what you do or don't do for the Lord. Every Christian has talents. Every Christian has abilities. The only thing that we have to do with those is find the time to use them. Now that's where Satan comes in and that's where discouragement gets in and Well, pastor, you don't understand. Let me tell you what, I've been a Christian for many years. I've been a pastor for many years. I was a deacon before that, and I've heard many excuses. Some I uttered myself in those early years, and yet I've heard so many. And every time that I hear them, all I hear is, it's all about me. It's all about me. I don't have time. I don't have time for Jesus. You you won't use those words. Because in your own heart, that would seem to be blasphemy. But we make excuses. Well, pastor, you don't understand. Let me explain something to you very quickly this morning. I'm only the pastor of the church. Your Savior is greater than I. You may offer an excuse to me, but actually and ultimately who you're giving it to is Christ. How much do you love Him? How much do you appreciate Him? How much has He ever asked any one of us to actually do for Him at any given time? I see my brother Dean Frazier sitting there. Dean, I think about all the years and all the work we've put in around here. Thank you. But for all of you, the work of Jesus Christ is not about me as the pastor. It's not about you as the people. It's about Jesus Christ that died, that made all of this possible. He's given us the talents and the abilities. What is an hour of our life on a Sunday? What is an hour of our life on a Wednesday? But I'm tired. Jesus was tired. Well, I'm overwhelmed. Jesus was overwhelmed. But He simply looks at us And you know, the one thing that I love about my Savior, and I say that because He is my Savior, there's never one time He has asked me to do anything that He has demanded of, but He always asked of. This is what I need you to do. Do you know that people will be blessed and honored by your work and your labors for Him? So how indebted are you to Jesus for saving you? I want to give you very quickly six purposes this morning, because I have a very special presentation at the end of this service, and I'm excited, and I can't wait to get there, so I may skip a few verses just to get to that point. 
But I want to give you six purposes or six points of ministry of the Hedgesville Baptist Church. And I want you to listen to these and we're just going to move on. Our first point, our first purpose is to preach the gospel to the lost. There's only six. There's many more, but these are the six. The second one is teaching the word of God to the saved. I love to teach. Mercy. I love to teach. The third one is creating disciples of Christ through Christian service. You have the opportunity. And there are times that I will come to you and say, hey, we serve the Lord in this way. We have one of the members of our church that's going to be coming to be a new deacon for us very soon. And you'll be hearing more about that shortly. Christian service. The fourth one is encouraging the brethren through unity fellowship and opportunity that's what we do the fifth one reaching a culture and a community with sight and knowledge of jesus christ what is the sight part you living your life out before them under the name and the authority of jesus christ simply they see jesus through you but that's what we do together. Do you know that every time, let me say this quickly, do you know that every time that we come together in the church, doesn't matter what service it is or what day of the week it is or what activity is going on, that when we're around one another and we encourage one another, that it gives each of us the encouragement to be positive in our daily walk for Jesus? 34 ladies yesterday? 34. Phenomenal. Wonderful. Amen. Next time we want 64. You say, well, but I'm tired, Pastor. I've worked all week. I don't have any other time to do the laundry or clean the house or pet the dog. or <laughs> Simply, Jesus made time for us. I'm not putting you down. I'm trying to use this message as an encouragement to you. So don't let Satan use this message as a discouragement, thinking I'm trying to put you down. I'm not. I'm trying to pick you up. Because there is no greater service in this life than serving Jesus Christ. Amen. Lastly, the sixth point of ministry of the Hedgeville Baptist Church is helping you. Now listen to me. Helping you by teaching your children God's Word. But just not teaching them God's Word, but by also creating an atmosphere of laughter and joy. That's what you teachers do. I love it when parents talk to me and they say how excited their children were when they left Sunday school, children's church. They're driving home. and You know how parents are. Tracy and I used to do that with ours. And What'd you learn in Sunday school or what'd you learn in children's church? And did you have a good time? And the kids get all excited and they're all fired up and they're, they're so overwhelmed with joy. And they're like, yes, we did this and we did that. And we had such a wonderful time. And, you know, we, 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 we covered this and this was the scripture text, whatever the case would be. And parents love that. Yes. As a pastor, I love that. Three of the greatest sounds that I love to hear in the church house is the preaching of the gospel by teaching the Word of God. 
It's hearing parents and adults being together and creating a volume of noise because we're so excited and we're so elated to be around one another and we can't wait to be together. But also I'd love to hear children's voices around the church too because that means there's another generation that's coming up under the teaching and in the admonition of the Lord. But we all do that. Every one of us takes part in that. It's not one thing over another. It's not just the pulpit. It's not just the pews. It's not just one. It's all of us. I was raised in a time and a culture that if I did something really bad, I knew I didn't have to wait on my parents. Whatever church members were around, if it was real bad, I got a smack in the mouth or smack on the... And I'm not joking. I knew, I'm telling you. Oh, that's horrible. It's called respect. It's called a redeeming respect. I didn't respect them because I knew they would smack me. I respect them because I knew they would smack me. And I loved each and every... One of them for it. And I can't wait... Because many have went to be with the Lord. And as much as I want to see my daddy, I can't wait to see them. I hope you have a similar story. That's just mine. And that's what we've tried to create here at the Hedgesville Baptist Church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Here the Apostle Paul uses the analogy of the human body to bring about a great spiritual point of unity and service in Jesus Christ. I love this, and I'm not going to be taking a long time with this today, so we're not going to be doing a big in-depth study on this. We don't need to. That's not the point of the service today. Verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, eyes, ears, hands, feet, taste, smell, All these things we're going to see. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Father, as we take these next few moments, we pray that the Spirit of God would encourage us, would lead us, and help us. Father, if there's a Christian here today that needs to be back into serving you, Father, I pray today that through this message and through the time of invitation that is soon to come, that they would make that dedication back to you. Irregardless of where their heart has been, irregardless of the excuses that have been offered, Father, I pray that they understand as much as hopefully I will of how vitally important each of us and the roles that we play in the service for expanding the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So there is only one body and there are many members. The body has hands, the body has eyes, the body has feet. All of these things work together. But the Apostle Paul, as he's writing this, he's talking about purpose and gifts and unity and diversity, diversity of calls, diversity of ideas, the diversity of things that need to be done. So the one thing at the end of verse 12 that I want to point on uh, and point at here quickly this morning, because I do want to jump into 13, verse 13 is simply this, so, so, so also is Christ. Christ doesn't cause divisions of heart. Man does. We call that by discouragement. 
I've encouraged people over the years. I said, listen, I just want to serve Jesus Christ. If he doesn't want me in the pulpit, that's fine. I'll be go to a classroom. If he doesn't want me to do this anymore and ask me to do something else, I'll be glad to do that. As long as I can preach and teach, that's all I'll worry about. I don't have to be here. I don't have to be in a pulpit is what I'm saying. But I'm here because Jesus has asked me to be here. I'm here to honor him, but to serve you. Jesus never causes this division. He's not dividing of one person is more important than another person. Jesus Christ brings everything together. As we've seen, don't turn there, as we've seen in a marital relationship that we've seen in Matthew chapter 19, verses 5 to 6, that where you have two people, a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, where they come together, Jesus says they are no more two, yet they are one. But he also goes on in verse 6 and says, What God hath brought together, let no man put asunder. So never have a division of mind and hearts, what I'm saying. Always serve Jesus Christ. You want the Lord to bless you? Give God something to bless. What do you need to bless? God needs to bless your entire life. And I'm not saying do serve Him because you need something from Him. If you're truly a born-again Christian, everything you need, He's already given. Everything else is an add-on. Find the time to serve Him. Find the time to come together. Verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Christ. It's the same salvation that I have that you have. My calling is different from yours, but my Savior is the same as you. I don't have a bigger, better Jesus than you do because I'm a pastor, and you don't have one that's lesser than what I have because you're not. The same Christ that called me to salvation is the same Christ that saved me and it's the same Christ that has saved you if He has called you to salvation. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. We're all working together. For the body is not one member, but it is what? Many. Many. You know, this is why as pastors we let you know what's going on in the church. We give you stories about things that are happening, which is this presentation of two people that were just recently lost that have come to know Jesus Christ. That's the presentation I'm bringing to you this morning. But they didn't come to know Christ because of one thing. They came to know Christ because of many things. And many people had an influence in their lives that brought it to be. Amen? Amen? If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body. Is it therefore not of the body? I love this analogy that the Apostle Paul uses because simply he says the foot doesn't seem to be that as important as what some people would perceive that the hand is more important. But let me tell you what, if there's not a foot, the foot can't get the hand where it needs to be. Amen. Did you hear that? Amen. The foot's got to carry the hand before the hand can do what it needs to do. So if the ear shall say... Because I am not the eye. I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Is the ear more important than the eye? Take just a second and close one eye. I'm being serious. Take a second and just close one of your eyes. How empty do you feel because of the absence of an eye? We're all inclusive in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're all doing what we need to do. And we all need to be encouraged to keep doing what it is that Christ has asked us to do. Sometimes we wonder why that our lives get so busy. We wonder why that we get so involved with things outside the church. 
We wonder why, and I see it now with, my, with our grandchildren, and it was the same way with our children, but with our grandchildren and, and the activities that they do on Wednesdays and Sundays, and it's amazing how we years ago, oh, that was taboo. You never did anything on a Sunday or Wednesday. You, you, it didn't matter whether they were Christians or not. It, it, just, it was something that you just didn't do, but yet we found a greater purpose on Sundays and Wednesdays than Jesus. We found a purpose of football practice, basketball practice, and games, and photographs, and all of these things. But here as Christians, we, we listen to this and we see, as the Apostle Paul writes, he says, is the ear more important than the eye? If the whole body were an eye, I love this analogy in verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, then how would it hear? That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Y'all can say amen. It's alright, we're in church. It's still legal now. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Think about that. Think about your role that how God's using and needs to use you. I simply want to ask you this. Are you in the will of God in your service to Him? Or are you doing just enough to get by? Are you doing enough for Christ? Are you showing your appreciation to Him because you want to extend that grace that Jesus gave to you on your salvation day and you want to pass that grace on? I've seen people over the years and so many people have had testimony and it's like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's like they're the one that's always leading people to Jesus. Maybe because they're talking to them about Jesus. How about you? Well, their children know more about the Bible than my children do. Well, maybe they're doing Bible study at home. Maybe they're challenging them. I think about today that we're our school system and, you know, either you go to school or you don't go to school and you think about all these kids that are home and it's something that I think about just quickly. And I, I thought, well, how many of these kids are actually getting an education or just a justification at the end of the year to move to the next grade? Amen. But I also think about that about church. Do we just go through the motions or do we actually serve Christ? Do we bring about the footstool? Do we bring about the footprint? Do we bring about the hearing, the seeing, the understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are y'all with me? Yeah. Now I know this kind of stuff bothers some people. It's like, how dare you ask me to serve Jesus? Well, how dare you ask Him to serve you? I'm a preacher. I can get away with that. Isn't it amazing what we ask Jesus to do, but then when He asks something of us? Verse 18, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body. I love this. Woo! Are you ready? He says, I have set members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased Him. Him. You want to know one of the things that I've said for 16 years of being a pastor? I said, I don't want you at Hedgesville unless God wants you here. But if you know Jesus wants you here, then you have something to do for Him here other than come and warm a seat. Hey, I'm ready. I'm a big boy. I've been dealing with people in these situations since 1989. I can handle it. Think of that. If Jesus brings you here, 
then you have something here to serve him with. Maybe it's a talent of singing, music, whatever. I'd love to have some more instruments up here. No, I don't want smoke machines and disco balls and all that junk. No, I'm not there. I'll be there before that ever comes here, I promise you. <laughs> I would love to see accompanying music. I really would. I would love to see that. I'd love to see the choir full. Not for me. I don't brag to other preachers, except about you. I don't talk about programs and what we do or don't have. But I do tell my other pastor friends how much I love you. Amen. And how much I appreciate you for what you do. This isn't about me. I'm just using that as an example. If God's called you here, you have something to do for him. Are you doing it? God brought you here for a reason. Are you fulfilling that reason quickly? And if they were all one member, where were the body? Hmm. But now are they many members, yet but one body? Verse 21, the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. Maybe some of you this morning think, well, I'm not as capable as somebody else. Well, if you want to become as capable as they are, then get busy in serving Jesus and he'll build it up in you. Yes. Right. And you'll be doing what they're doing before long, I promise you. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these, we bestow more abundant honor. Simply, God can't use me. You need to stop saying that and you need to say, I can't be used by God because of me. So, well, Pastor, why would I even tell that to myself? Because the first step to recovery is admittance of a problem. Well, I can't do what Sister Pam does. I can't do what Brother Jesse does. I can't do what Brother Rick and Debbie does. Well, God doesn't need you to do that. He's got them. He needs you to do what He's asked you to do. And do it for Him. And let me just say this, and I know some of my brother pastors will probably cringe by hearing me say this, and that's okay. But don't you dare do something for me. You do all that you do for Jesus. Yes, amen. <laughs> Because he's never let you down, nor will he ever let you down. Yeah. You may perceive that I let you down, and you may think that I let you down, or maybe I may let you down. So if what you're doing, you're doing for me, you're doing it for the wrong person, with the wrong heart, and ultimately will do it in the wrong way. Anybody besides the pastor getting something out of this this morning? Upon these, we bestow more abundant honor. For those that think they can't be used, those are the ones that we want to use. And our uncomely or our unpresentable parts have more abundant comeliness. Again, for those that think, well, I, I'm not as good, I can't do this. Let me tell you what, stop worrying about what you think you can't do and let Jesus do through you what he's called you to do. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together. He's brought them together having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, 
You want to grow in grace? I said it earlier, get busy for Jesus. You want to grow in your faith? Get busier for Jesus. And I promise you, your faith will grow quicker through that than anything else. I'm about to close. There should be no schism or there should be no dissension or division in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for another. What does he say? Stop trying to compete. Now listen to me. If you hear nothing else, please hear this. Stop trying to compete with somebody else by comparing you to them. Because God didn't call you to be them. He called you to be you. I've struggled for that for years as a pastor. Really, I have. But then I finally came to the point that God made me who I am so I can only simply be who God has made me. And then what He has created, He will use. Not to glorify myself or anybody else, but Him. Just remember what He said. As He is pleased to call. And what... And whether one member suffer, and whether one member suffer, I'm about to close. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Have you ever heard the story that when, if a person loses sight in one eye, the eye intensity increases in the other? Have you ever noticed somebody that has a broken arm or broken leg, how the other arm becomes stronger because the other one is broken. So when we see one another and we have the love of God for one another and we serve one another and as we do it in the name and the purpose of Jesus Christ is that when we suffer, we all suffer. Because all the members suffer with it. Or one member is honored and joyous and happy, all the members rejoice with it. Sister Jill, let's look at verse 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. I want to close with this. Brother Jonathan, come on. What gift do you have that you are not using? Or what gift do you have that you haven't been using and you need to use? Let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, and I can't wait till the board meeting tomorrow night because I've got a great word for those men. But let me explain something to you, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it one more time. What you see today at HBC is not going to always be this way. There are greater things that none of us know about that God is doing. There is coming a work that has yet not been worked. 
There's coming a day and there's coming a way that we don't see today because we can't see past the next few moments. But as the Lord is blessed in the 16 years that I have been here, and as He still continues to bless, and He is going to continue to honor the work that He has called us to do by giving us more. I don't want to build a house on shifting sand. We want to build a house and work on a greater stability of faith. And if you think it's all about the preacher, I can tell you right now, you're sorely mistaken because it ain't about me, it's about us. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in the future because I know something's coming. It is coming. I'll tell you when the time gets here. I'm not trying to use that to prompt you in any other way than to get you excited about what Jesus is asking for you today. Do you really know that you may go home to be with the Lord today? Somewhere in this world this morning, people were going to the church, wherever it was they were going, and thinking they was going to go have another worship service, but yet they stepped out into eternity. Their service is over. We're still blessed to have ours today. Are you serving Him? Now, before I have you stand, I want you to answer this one question. Are you willing to serve Jesus? And are you willing to stick with it? Are you willing to come to this altar and commit your life to Christ for what you know He has asked you to do through the ministry here? Not just say, well, Pastor, I'm willing to do this today, but two weeks from now, two months from now, six months from now, well, I'm, I'm too busy now. If you think you're going to be too busy then, then you're too busy now. Don't come. I would rather you be a hypocrite in your own heart than be found a hypocrite in your own mouth by saying, I will do and yet not complete. I know that sounds harsh, but I really don't mean anything bad by that. I'm just simply asking you to commit to Jesus Christ. Give your time, your talents, give your labors to Him because people will benefit from that and we will see others come to know Jesus Christ. As we stand, what is the page? 490.